Hey listeners, welcome to episode 53 of Resiliency. This is Silas West and my co-host Steve Finley. Hello Steve. everybody. In a couple minutes, Steve and I are going to talk a little bit about a book, Brave Mama, written by our own dear friend Cindy Griffin. And we're joined today by our guests Tom and Leanne Fraley serving in Scotland. They're going to be telling us a little bit of their story. So let's do our intro and get on with today's show. a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resiliency of field workers. Twice a month, co-hosts Steve Finley and Silas West bring you their conversations with long-term field workers or experts in the field of member care with the goal of encouraging you in your life and work of cross-cultural ministry. Hey everybody, welcome back to Resiliency. If you are joining us for the first time, then let me extend a special welcome to you. It's hard to believe that we are one month into our second year of the Resiliency Podcast, and we couldn't keep doing it if it weren't for you, our listeners, which is why we would love to hear from you. Tell us how we're doing, what we could do differently, or even share ideas of topics or potential guests that you think could add to our ongoing conversation about global worker resiliency. You can follow us on Instagram at Resiliency Podcast. You can send us an email at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com. You can leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can even leave us a voicemail at our public site by going to www.anchor.fm forward slash Antioch hyphen resiliency, and then click on the message button. However you want to do it, don't let this be a one-sided conversation. We want to hear from you. Speaking of feedback... We received a voice message from a listener named Eric, who shared about how helpful our episode on language learning was, which would be episode 42, Connection, Belonging, and Effectiveness. Eric also suggested a potential topic on urban resiliency. However, the message timed out and we couldn't hear most of his idea. So Eric, if you are listening, I encourage you to send that idea to us in an email at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com, and we'll look into that. Thanks so much, and keep the suggestions coming. Steve, do we have a resource to talk about today? We do have a resource to talk about. In fact, <laughs> it was written it was written more than a year ago and we told our friend Cindy that we really want to promote it. And then I read the book and I said, I want to promote it all the more. Brave Mama is just a, a heartfelt folksy, as I read in one review, memoir really by one of our, as Silas said, dear friend Cindy Griffin here. Cindy's and her husband's uh, daughter and son-in-law and their two grandsons are missionaries out with our organization, AMI. This book is just just Cindy pouring out her heart, and she is she is a delight, as Silas would tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, she's spoken at some of our uh, missionary parents' events that we've had here and always brings people to both laughter and tears. In fact, let me just read a couple of reviews. Uh, this first one is just from the uh, product description for the book at Amazon says, missionaries have mamas and daddies and brothers and sisters, grandparents and friends. When missionaries go, they hug a lot of folks goodbye. Brave Mama, that's the book, tenderly turns the focus toward those beloved ones who stay. This up-close look into one family's experience draws us into the bigger picture, the cost and the joy of a courageous yes to Jesus, wherever it may take us. And here's the audience for parents, family, and friends of missionaries. 
Find camaraderie in your surrender, celebration for the joyful days, and the encouragement for the hard times. So I want to encourage you guys as field workers right now listening to Resiliency to recommend Brave Mama to these family members and friends because it'll speak to them, believe me. And then the product description says, for missionaries, sit for a while in the loving perspective of those who pray for you from afar. For parents, whether your children are still in your lap or have moved out of your house long ago, join in the heart work to entrust your children to our faithful Father. For all who say yes to Jesus, hear a resounding invitation to follow Him bravely. And then I loved this. This Cindy Griffin actually serves as what we call a pastoral oversight in our organization. She serves as one for one of our missionaries, and she gave a copy of the book to that missionary's mother. And that was a sweet thing to do. It wasn't self-promoting. It was for her to say, I really want to help you out, Mama, because this is hard. And, uh, and that sweet mom wrote this. She said she wrote from her heart with unbridled honesty. She confessed so many thoughts and prayers and fears and triumphs that I could relate to. Uh, she tells her story in a straightforward way. I laughed in parts and cried in others. And she said she expressed feelings that I hadn't said aloud myself, but I have so often felt. So really want to commend Brave Mama to you. A simple book. I think it's about $10. I haven't looked recently at the Amazon price. A very affordable book. But yeah, a great resource for you guys on the field, as well as one to be thinking in terms of, hey, what might, might we do some Amazon orders this summer and, uh, for Christmas and have these sent to our parents or grandparents or loved ones or friends? So take a look at Brave Mama on Amazon and other places uh, where you can buy books. Thanks, Steve. So listeners, I will include the title in today's show notes and a link to the Amazon purchasing page. And so now we're going to go to our interview with Tom and Leanne. Well, Tom and Leanne, welcome to Resiliency Podcast. I'd just like to ask you guys to introduce yourselves to our listeners. Tell us about your family, what you've done in cross-cultural ministry, and uh, and all of that kind of stuff for the last, what, 13 years. Yeah, great. Well, I'm Tom. And I'm Leanne. Uh, We've been married 40 years. Um, We got married while we were both in college. We finished seminary and grad school as a couple. (laughs) And so... Yeah, there's resiliency. Um, <laughs> Four years, that's, a, that's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> like, yeah, we were in ministry in Kentucky for 16 years and then in Omaha, uh, Nebraska for nine years. And we've been church planting in Edinburgh, Scotland for the last 13 years. Wow. So, so I'd like to hear a little of the story that's behind the story. What compelled you to go to the region where you serve? But I know that it wasn't just, uh, hey, let's just go to Scotland. There was a lot leading up to that. So if if you could tell us a little of that, that would be great. Well, we were, you know, ministering in Kentucky, like Leanne said, for about 16 years, minding our own business, mm-hmm. uh, having no plans really to leave there because there was enough vision to stay. But toward the end, we did sense that maybe something was up and a change was coming. So we just started praying into that. After about nine months of praying into that, the Lord spoke to me really kind of in the middle of the night And as clear as a bell, not audibly, but he said, I've got a work for you to do in Edinburgh. Now, I didn't have any kind of, you know, Scotland was not on my radar. I wasn't researching my family history or, you know, anything like that. Um, And I didn't know what to do with that. And I just said, Lord, are you talking about Scotland? And Mm -hmm. I just, I, I don't know anybody there. I wouldn't know what to do to initiate that. 
you know, we were in a very remote place in eastern Kentucky. And so I said, you'll, you'll just have to do that. Um, well, within two weeks, the only person we knew from the UK called us out of the blue. And he wow. said, Tom, I've been praying for you about your future. What, what is God saying to you? <laughs> mm. wow. I said, well, I, I think, Ray, he's, he's asking us to go to Scotland. But I have no idea what to do with that. Uh, and that was Ray Mayhew who made that call. So he said, you just book flights to London. I'll introduce you to my friends and then they will send you on your way meeting the leaders there. So within just a few weeks, we had tickets to go to London and then start meeting leaders, you know, across Scotland. And then it was a bit of a whirlwind. We got a call to go minister in Omaha and I got cancer and doctors gave me a 50% chance to live and I reminded the Lord that he said he had a work for us to do in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was going to have to be alive in order to fulfill <laughs> that. But anyway, we went to Omaha, told them, hey, we're on our way to Scotland, but we'll transition here. And so uh, that's kind of the short you know, version. But we kept going back and forth to Scotland, uh, meeting the leaders, talking to them, trying to build relationship for basically eight years, I guess, before we ever launched that was in September 2008. Yeah. So that's how we got there and got here. Yes. Well, that sets us up well for me asking you just about what are some of the hardships you face? I mean, you just mentioned cancer in the midst of that and 50% chance to live. Even prior to ever getting to Scotland ministering for the last 13 years, both you, Tom and Leanne, you know, what are some of the hardships that that you faced in following Jesus right now to where he's called you to? Well, you know, if you've been in ministry any time at all, it, there's always challenges. And I think, you know, we've all experienced that. And certainly there were challenges that we had to go through. But I think about some of those challenges that were unique here when we came to Scotland. One was when, when we got here, immediately it was evident to me that people were pretty resistant to the gospel. Um, I very, very seldom for seven years really found any kind of positive response, you know, from people when I would tell them I was a believer, they asked what I did. And I said, I was a pastor. We, we felt a real antagonism. It was like an active resistance to the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so just living in that and breathing that all the time, for me in particular, it was pretty difficult and just had to lean on the Lord, you know, in the midst of that. Um, I know it's not, we're, we're not living in a, you know, in a country in North Africa or other places, but I, I remember even Tear Fund designated Scotland as an unreached people group. And I understand there's only 3% of the population that would believe in Jesus at all. So, so I understand that. And you, you mentioned, um, that we had some challenges even getting here, and yeah. we certainly did. You know, that summer before we uh, before we got here, we almost diagnosed with cancer. I feel like the Lord just, you know, He He brought us through that in a, an amazing way. I, I look back on that time in our lives because they, um, the doctors did say that there was a fifty percent chance that Tom would uh, be dead within five years um, mm. of that of that diagnosis. Basically, that was the bottom line. Looking back on that, the biggest miracle to me was during the time that we were in Omaha, you know, making preparation, um, being in ministry, just living life. I don't, we didn't live under the shadow of that. 
And I, <laughs> I'm not a super Christian. <laughs> and so that's kind of a miraculous love, really, for me to look back on that and think, hey, we didn't, we didn't live under the shadow of that yeah. diagnosis during those years. And I'm, I'm really, really thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. I was going to the doctor every three months. So you always get reminded, you know, this, <clears throat> you're still facing this, yeah. you know, in the natural. Yeah. But the Lord gave us grace, really. You guys made some decisions, you know, along the way in, in ministry and in 40 years of marriage that set the foundation for for the resiliency that you walk in, being in a very hard land to till, like you said, to there in Scotland. Um, what were some of the decisions that you made early on that set the foundation? Well, I thought about this question and I immediately remembered back when we were 23 years old, you know, first entering into ministry and things immediately got really hard. And I just knew from the Lord, we are here to stay. And we stayed for 16 years. And there was this, I don't know, just awareness or decision on the inside of me that I knew I, if God called me somewhere, I wasn't going to leave until I was released. Mm. So, yeah, we were just going to hang in there. It didn't matter what. And so that's kind of been our modus operandi ever since. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. hanging in there, staying until Jesus said we're done. Yeah. I'm feeling like Tom, there must be a story in there. <laughs> well, there is, <laughs> but the yeah. names have been changed to protect the guilty. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, you go through all kinds of, uh, you know, difficult things and seasons and you just try to, make right choices and do what Jesus wants you to do in the midst of, uh, in the midst of it. And he'll see us through whatever those difficult times are. And, you know, he's been really, really faithful, you know, to do that. But I'm sure, you know, when you've had others tell you this, I mean, the thing that holds you in these hard times, it's just the thing that we all know and we say, and it's our relationship with Jesus. Mm. You know, it's this living, walking, talking, loving encouragement that we get from him every day in the midst of those times that are just horrendously difficult mm -hmm. and you're gutting it out lord you've got to help and but it's that relationship that we have with him all the time that sees us through whatever circumstances we're going through and then i think in addition to that it's our spiritual family around us you know the family that sent us here from Waypoint and all our friends, you know, in the States, our family that we've got on our team right now in our church, we love these people. They, they're like family to us. I mean, our, we're, we'll have relationship for a lifetime, no matter what. And, and you just can't um, say enough about how much that means when you're going through difficult times that you've got faithful people around you that can pray for you, love you, encourage you, all those kind of things. And just so, walk with you. Yeah, and, and, and walk with you, you know, through all of that. Yeah, press into community in the hardest times and don't pull away, right? You're right, Steve. It's just you've got to press in rather than pull away when things get hard. You know, yeah. let family be what yes. family is all about. Yeah. I think, why don't you share about um, people coming through here, just loving Yeah, people. I think that's another decision we've made uh, is that, we know that we're basically called to love people deeply, but 
to release them freely. Um, it's like, this is a place, Edinburgh is a, you know, a European capital. So people come through the church, you know, over the years, they've come through, but, you know, they've moved, they've left the city, they were in university, they're gone. And so they're back in England, France, Germany, China, wherever, you know, um, and it is really painful to say goodbye over yeah. and over and over mm -hmm. again. And, you know, to, to feel the loss because we're a small community to feel the loss both personally and uh, even for the ministry's sake, you know, they, there's a hole there and it hurts to say goodbye, but it's, it's like, it only hurts because we love each other. Right. And we, we know that I guess a big part of our calling is to send even rather than to gather. Mm. So we just have to keep reminding ourselves of that. That's a decision. You know, we've got to remind ourselves that's our calling is to send people, not just to gather them. And um, that it's our decision to love them, even if they're only going to be here a year. And even if it's going to hurt, <laughs> we, we, can't pull, we can't pull back. In fact, we know that's what we're really called to do is to pour into people. We know when they're coming in the front door, they're leaving. We don't have a problem getting rid of them. <laughs> Our challenge is getting all that God wants us to deposit into them, you know, into them before they leave. And so you, 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 your heart just gets invested in them and we're committed to keep doing that. And yeah, thankful for that. Well, because we're right there, at that place of impact uh, on these students who come to Edinburgh from, from all over. And like you're saying, it's, uh, it's hard to, to say goodbye to them because you love them, but you've released them. Why don't you tell us a story or two about impact? You know, you guys are, are I think, quite unique in that um, Silas and I have, have done a year and a half worth of resiliency. And I, I'm just trying to think, have we, have we had a guest yet who served more, you know, in, in, uh, Europe and, you know, in that context. And I think you guys may be the first. So your situation of really being uh, pastoring in a local church overseas, I think is a unique uh, situation in terms of, of our guests thus far. And yet there's a lot, there are a lot of listeners to Resiliency who probably are like, yes, now this is where I am. This is my world. And they may really be struggling with this very thing that you guys have, have learned to do. And so why don't you tell us about impact and how, how, yeah, maybe something about this thing of, of training up and discipling uh, students and releasing them back to their nations. Yes. This reminds me of something, you know, somewhere along the way, we learned the importance of separating our calling from results. You know, our calling is to obey and be faithful, and it's not about successful results. You know, because the you know, you've heard of the mega church. Well, we we pastor a micro church, a mini church. <laughs> and, you know, you think about those things in your heart and you carry them. And I was struggling with that at one point. Um, you know, one of our young men, uh, he came in as an atheist from a country in Southeast Asia. And he came to know the Lord in the ministry. He met his fiance and she got saved. And then they got married. And actually, he's gone back 26 years old. Uh, he had the privilege of building the largest land bridge for subways in Southeast Asia. You know, that's the kind of quality of people that we've got coming through. But I was taking them back to the airport. It was like five o'clock in the morning after they had been in our ministry for years. And we were seeing them going back to their home country. 
And just all of a sudden, I mean, you know, I hadn't had enough coffee at that point in the morning. And he said, uh, Tom, do you know how you are always worried about Crossroads Church being a small church? And I said, I, yeah. <laughs> and he said, I do not care about that. <laughs> I said, I, I'm feeling the pastoral care, you know, coming from yeah. this. <laughs> but in his broken way of saying it, he, he said, each one of us has come through this ministry and our lives have been radically changed. And now we are going back to countries and we are going to take the influence and in what God has done in our heart and spread that to other people. And it's going to spread everywhere around the world. And he said, in this way, Crossroads Church is a big church. Wow. What an <laughs> <And> encouragement. <laughs> yeah, I felt like, is there an angel in the back seat <laughs> you know, talking to me? You wrote yeah. that up and framed it and it's hanging on your wall. <laughs> you constant know. reminder of impact right there. Exactly. So, yeah, it was one of those experiences and the Lord knew I needed it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> He was kind. He was kind. Yeah. yeah. It so really thankful. Not long ago, the Lord spoke to me about my own, about me personally, the impact that I'm going to have. And again, it was kind of him to say this because it's really helped me. He said, I'm not called to build ministries, but I'm called to build people. And my greatest impact is not going to be in what I build, but it's going to be in who I become. So having said that, I mean, the Lord's given us the privilege to, to do things while we've been here. It's not the primary assignment. I just know now it's all about living him with him and loving him, becoming who he wants me to be. And then out of that, he, he's going to do whatever it is he wants us to do. Lee and I were praying with two retired Wycliffe Bible translators here in Scotland. And every week we'd go and we'd pray. And she had a really thick book. We'd pray through all the uh, unreached people groups of the world, you know, just kind of like going through them all. And one day we were praying for this group and I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're going to get to meet these people face to face. Now I got just like crazy excited. And then I asked them, I said, do you happen to know anybody in this, you know, among this people group or people working with? And, and they said, yes, actually, we've got a friend missionary here, you know, from Britain. And she is in Southeast Asia and working with this people group. And I said, well, can we arrange something? So we took our first visit to these two villages and about nine years ago to spy out the land. And we've been going every year since that time. Wow. And some years like nothing, you know, we have this Lord, we're going to share the gospel with everybody in the village and, and offer to pray with everybody. And nobody <laughs> would let us share with them or pray with them. Mm. So I've got a gift of discernment. So I knew that wasn't good. So we went back and prayed for a year, not that we hadn't been praying before, um, and then went back that subsequent year and everybody except one person let us pray for them or share the gospel. And the year just prior to COVID, we were able to baptize nine people mm. in that village. And the first believers in that village. Yeah. I just can't tell you that, you know, the thrill of that and the joy of that that God let us be a part of that. But sometimes it's like Tom is saying, it's like that's probably one of the biggest impacts maybe of the ministry, but it's it's certainly one of the biggest impacts on us because right. like Tom was saying, you just kind of, you're just doing what 
you do, just going to a prayer meeting, just, and then somehow. God intersects. God intersects. Yeah. And I think we early on or some, somewhere, (laughs) I, I don't know if it was early on, somewhere in the process of ministry, we just realized that you have to really separate um, we have to separate our calling and our assignment from, from the results of that. It's like our calling is just to obey and be faithful, and it's not about successful results. And I think that uh, as far as resiliency for me, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a success story, but there's been a lot of days in a lot of years, you know, where we yeah. haven't seen those kind of results. Yeah, and you don't. Yeah. And somehow, in order, I think, to stay with it for the long haul, you have to have some separation of my yeah. call and the result of that. That's one of the most important things that uh, that we could hear, because quite honestly, having been in member care now for these 13 years and in pastoral ministry for 35 or more years, the disillusionment at times, uh, that's a, that sounds harsh almost, but at least the just the sadness and the disappointment of not seeing what, especially if we got the big word, the big word that says your impact will be tremendous, you know, and I mean, that that's awesome. That's what God tells people, you know, tells Abraham, you'll be the father of many nations. And it's like, and he didn't see it for so, so, so long. Um, but for you to clearly point out that if we were doing this for outcomes and for, in a sense, the results, the numbers that we could see and testify to, uh, probably would have left a long time ago because they just weren't happening. So surely that's a sign that, you know, that we missed it or or that we just, we don't have it in the tank, Lord, to keep going. But but. Thank you, Tom and Leanne, for reminding us today. You said, you know, I found a long time ago, it's actually about, about him and about that, that abiding in him uh, and knowing him. And he's the fruit producer. He's the, he's the one who causes the growth. So crucial. I'm going to throw a little curveball here to you, Leanne. I happen to know that your uh, Silas knows you better, way better than I do after years in Omaha and all that. But um but your email address is L.A. Fraley music at whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. And music is a big part of your life. Is there anything you can tell us about how that that thing that you love, that passion in your life uh, has just the Lord's graciously just woven that into uh, e- even part of whatever resiliency may look like for you? You know, No, I think, Steve, that it has been important for me, actually, Um Every ministry that we've been in, I have worked in my field also, along with the ministry. And it has been a wonderful outlet. And it's also been a wonderful way into the community, every place that we've been. I love classical music. I'm a, uh, I guess what I've done most, most of the time is I've worked for schools and universities as uh, a piano teacher and a companist for mainly um, mainly classical vocalists, but you know some other instrumentalists as well, and choirs. So I love that, and it's been a great way. Even since being in Scotland, you know, I've, I've played for um, 
community choirs. I, I now work for a private school. I teach um, piano. And um, it's been a great way into the community, but also just my heart, how much it, it brings me alive. Yeah. And I think having something that brings you alive, whatever it is. Yes. Is. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't fishing for that, but I'm so glad you said that because I, I distinctly remember one of my friends, uh, one of the persons sent out by our org, who one day in the prep time, I think it was my pastoral care team was was in the church planting school, and we were kind of sharing with the students what we would sort of offer to them, what they would be able to get from pastoral care in our org. And um, and one of the slides on my PowerPoint presentation said something about for your life to be life giving, you've got to have fillers in it, you know, because there's going to be plenty to always drain us. And I just mentioned about fillers. And I may have mentioned that, you know, one of my fillers is cycling because I love to road bike. And this guy just was he's an older guy, older than I am even. But he's a cyclist, much better cyclist than I. And he was like. I have not even thought about that yet. I can bring my bike to that place that we're going and I can ride. And for some reason in his mind, he wasn't thinking that he would be able to do anything that's super enjoyable to him. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's no disparaging remark on him, but more like, you know, the mindset that, that you have, like, I love classical music. It, it brings me life. It, you know, and I can imagine you could talk about it all day long. You're so accomplished at it. But, you know, the Lord gave you a gift and you didn't have to shelve the gift in order to go to to Scotland. You know, um, you're using that gift. Praise God. Well, we're going to kind of turn the corner and head towards the home stretch here. Just wondering, like, what would the older you love to tell the younger you if you could go back and do that 30 or 40 years ago or however long ago? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I thought about it. Um, what came to mind is just don't worry about anything. It, it's not all riding on you. Mm. Um, faithful, be obedient, and just leave the results to Jesus. Um, he, he's going to bring about the results that he wants. And we just need to be faithful. And I love that when Tom said, you know, it's not all riding on you. Um, uh, one of my favorite verses is in Psalm 46, to be still. You know, some translations say cease striving, yes. you know, um, God. Um, and th but then the next part is not as often quoted, and it says, I will be exalted in the nations. And it's like, yes. he will be exalted. We are privileged to be invited into that, but it's not all riding on us. It's right. not on our shoulders. He will be exalted in the nations. That's his promise. That's his intention. That's world evangelization. You know, it's his initiative. It's not ours. It's a great word. Yeah. It's all about what he can do, not so much about what we can do. Yeah. What would be the one big takeaway that you want our listeners to remember if it's not that that you just said? Well, maybe I've said it in some way before, but I'll, I'll just repeat it. Just walking with Jesus, just talking to him every day. Ask him what's on his mind. Ask him what he's doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ask what you can, if, if you can join him. He said he and the father were one and he prayed that we would have that same kind of relationship and we'd be in that kind of relationship. He, he said, I only do what I see the father do. Yeah. And so when we're walking in that kind of relationship with him, we've got everything that we need. 
He's directing our life. He's guiding us. He's showing us the next step to take. But he's also giving us whatever emotional support we need and encouragement. And, and we're getting to know him. And that's, that's really eternal life is to know him. It's knowing he's with me every day, walking yeah. with me, talking to me. Amen. We feel his, you know, his presence with me every day. That's just, it's everything. It just means everything. So, yeah. So that would be it, Steve. Well, thank you for taking heart. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Thank you for taking heart and for sharing that intimate walk with us today that has, has led you guys to do 40 years of marriage. And y'all are both smiling. If all our listeners could see you right now, y'all are happily leaning into each other and smiling. This is a happy couple right here. We love you guys. We're so thankful for you. And I want you just to, to bless us with that heart, with a prayer of blessing and impartation as we end the interview today. Lord, I just want to thank you for how you've been with us through all these years, through how you have held us up, through how you have put us in uh, in a family, Lord, where we can be supported and have people to walk with us. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just pray for the listeners today. If there's anyone that's really discouraged, who's really finding it difficult to take heart, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to them. If it's not through something we've said, Lord, speak to them through your word, through something they see directly, Lord, in their spirits. And lift them up. Pray that you would help them to know that it's not all riding on their shoulders, Lord. And that you would just impart to them everything they need to be faithful in the place where you place them. Yes. Lord, I pray you'd give them that that gift of yourself, of you coming and showing up in their hearts, um, in their thoughts. And, and you you would just come, Lord, minister to them. Let them know <clears throat> that you love them and there's nothing, uh, hell or high water is going to separate them from your love. Yes, and Lord. you're going to see them through. Lord, let your spirit and your presence of pray. Just, just minister to them and carry them through those difficult times and hard times. And I pray even do something deeper in them through those valleys where they know that they can count on you, even even through the valley of the shadow of death. I remember I'll say this when I was on the surgery table the second time for my cancer, and the Lord came to me in a very a, a very powerful way. And that scripture came to mind, Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. And I knew, Lord, in my lowest time of my life, you're here. You haven't left me alone. And I pray, Lord, that conviction that you are walking with them would just remain. and uh, They would know that as reality in their life. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We can testify to your faithfulness over many, many years. And we're just thankful, Lord, for this privilege to walk with you every day. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom and Leanne. Thank you for listening to Resiliency. Special thanks to Antioch Music and their original song, Nothing Can Stop, for our intro and our outro music. Tune in again in two weeks for our next episode of Resiliency. Resiliency.
Stop you.